Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. It's time to get a gun. That's what I've been thinking. Well, I could afford one. And if I did just a little less drinking, time to put something between me and the sun. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 150 of Slam Fire Radio for April 8th, 2016. I'm Matthew. Rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated in McClatchy. <laughs> and I'm Kelly Lynn. And I'm Adrian Michaud. Yes, I have not quit the show, despite the, uh, the, the rumors and, and hype from last week. Thank you, Trevor, for inundating my inbox with... People concerned. A lot I, of people. I have no issues with Kelly being on the show. I am very happy with the direction the show is going. Um, I couldn't be happier, at a, in fact. Uh, yeah, no. So, April Fools, I guess? Yeah. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. How many people actually, you know, contacted you afterwards? Oh, I don't know, a dozen or so. I didn't really yeah. keep track. It was just sort of a couple yeah. of a day kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone who, who just partially listened to the show and didn't make it all the way to the end sent an email or a Facebook or yeah. on G- GOC or whatever. What? Yeah. This is a joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, I even had some people contacting Jewel and asking her, you know, is, is Matthew okay? You know, is what's okay? going on? And, and uh, Jason Philp actually... Uh, Asked her, I, I don't remember the exact wording, but asked her the question, you know, what's going on? And Jewel's like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> so he rephrased it. <laughs> yeah. That uh, was horrible. We're sorry. It's funny though. Sorry, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well. So anyway, um, why don't we kick it off with, uh, with Kelly? What did you do with guns this week, Kelly? Well, on Sunday, I took a friend of mine from work uh, out to the range, and she got to shoot all kinds of pistols, which she loved to do. And she also got to shoot the uh, AR-15 that we have that's a seven and a half inch So that's lots of fun. I hadn't shot that one before, but it was... It was they're uh, loud, eh? You know what? They're loud when you're standing beside them, not when you're standing behind them. Yes, that's true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. So I really liked uh, shooting it. Not so much standing beside it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was lots of fun. And uh, yeah, I've got some ideas for my build for my AR-15 now. Cool. Yeah. And uh, 1022s. I took her out to the 25 yard to try and do some marksmanship with the 1022s. Uh, she wasn't as comfortable with that, but with a pistol, oh my God, she was amazing. So we're going to be t- going back to. Um, we're going to be going back to the range quite often with her. I think she had so much fun as well. And she's going to join us at the charity shoot too. So. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, last night uh, Brockville decided that they're going to put an RSO course on for the charity shoot. So I'm going to be doing that in the middle of May. So I'm booked for that. What else? Nice. Um, my 1022, I was able – so you guys knew that I was getting a Maypole stock for it, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. yep. So – the Magpole stock came in, and we got everything up and running on it, and then I took it out to the range on the Sunday, actually, and tried to sight in 
sight in the optics on it, wasn't able to do it because of the fact that my my scope, I would have to, the relief, the eye relief wasn't working and I had to actually um, move my scope forward. But if I moved my scope forward because I had a low set of rings, I wasn't able to adjust the magnification. So I had to go out and get new rings. Yeah. So fix that all up and it's working great. And yeah, so that's good. That is good. Yeah, that's one of the biggest challenges that I have personally whenever I buy a new rifle that needs a scope is, okay, what rings am I going to get? What scope am I going to get? What rail am I going to get? Because it's all got to match perfectly and it has to be as low to the bore as I can possibly get it. (laughs) Right. That's exactly. And color-coded. And And color-coded, of course. Well, my, yeah. So I got cheek risers coming too, but I don't know if I'll need them now because we adjusted again the scopes, the scope rings. So. Right. But it looks awesome. Did you guys see the pictures? No, put them up if you have I'll, them. Yeah, I'll send it because it's awesome. really, yeah. Put it up on the Facebook page. That's probably the best idea. That way the listeners can look too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I did was I went to SFRC. You remember you were talking about the wolf ammo? Yes. I shot some more of that this week. How'd that go? (laughs) Not good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I bought some um, Stack Tactical. Have you guys heard of that? Nope. It's it's Reload as well. They're out of Quebec, so they don't look as nice as the Wolf. They're not shiny like that, but... Is that because they're out of Quebec? Oh, well. It it made it sound like they're out of Quebec, so they're not as nice. (laughs) (laughs) They are. Just wanted to just clarify where you were with Quebec here. It's just... No, I like Quebec. <laughs> they just don't look as nice as the uh, the wolf. Because you're right. You know, the, the wolf ones look amazing. Oh, they look right? beautiful. They just don't shoot worth crap. <laughs> <laughs> so I did try them out. They were pretty good. I submitted a target to another place, and I had pretty eh, – it was okay. But anyways, pretty cheap too, so check them out. I will because I am running low on 9 mil. What's yep. the cost? I got them for – they were fifty in a box, and I got them for just a little over ten dollars. But that's through SFRC. Hmm. So ten dollars a box? Yeah. Oh, for fifty. For fifty. Hmm. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, yeah. And then I went out to dinner last night. Do you guys know who Linda Tom is? Nope. No. Adriel? Nope. Okay. So nineteen eighty four was the first year that the Olympics uh, had women shooting, and she was Canada's first gold medal winner for the twenty five uh, meters. Oh, nice! In, in pistol. So I was sitting beside her best friend, and she was chatting with me. And uh, she, I last night I was on another podcast, and oh, uh, traitor. Traitor. <laughs> Just kidding. It's okay. And I said, I have to go. I have to go on. A, I, and um, I was actually at a dinner with my boss as well. And my boss says, oh, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to go and do a podcast. And she was saying, oh, what's it about? And I said, well, it's a, a shooting podcast. And so this um, this uh, lady actually, she, her ears perked up. And then she told me all about Linda Tom and her story. And I thought it was awesome. Yep. She's nice. Um, you know, she, Canada's first woman, and she won the first gold medal in uh, 1984. So her face was plastered all over, all over newspapers and everything because she's the first person to win a gold medal at the 84 Olympics. So, That's awesome. That's really cool. In, in shooting. And now you have an in, so call her up and get her on the show as a guest. I was thinking about that. And yeah. not only that, you know the, um, the Firearms Advisory Board? Yep. She's on that, too. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so, yeah. have a great conversation with her. Anyways, yeah. So that was my week. Nice. Yeah. All I, right. I got out to the range with Matt, and uh, I finally fi- 
finished shooting the FN FNS9 versus Glock 17 video. So uh, Matt came out and helped me with that. With uh, He was my model <laughs> for shooting the guns, and then he was a cameraman when I was shooting the guns. So thank you to him for helping me out with that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, like we mentioned earlier, I, I, I still have about a box of that Wolf ammo. That's awesome, and, uh, What's that? It's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> well, we needed, like, some of the, the, the close-ups of shooting aren't really accuracy-based, so we just shot into the, the berm. But that's the ammo we used so that, you know, we weren't wasting good ammo on, on just, you know, like what, candy shots. What did you use for the target shots? Because those were good. That is reloaded ammo from Trevor. So oh. I'm not even sure what the recipe is or the bullet weight or anything, but every year he gives me uh, 100 rounds or, no, 500 rounds of 9 mil. Just that's my mm. Christmas present every year. And he nice. just loads it up and uh, that stuff is stinking accurate, man. It, it worked really well. That was uh, 21 feet. And, you know, the both groups were inside of two inches all day long, probably a lot closer to an inch and a half. Mm-hmm. And Ad- Adriel? Yeah? Did you get a Christmas present this year? No. Uh, nothing. <laughs> Trevor? Are we getting... <laughs> Just it was kidding. my 500 rounds of 9 mil. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what can I say? Trevor likes me more than he likes you guys. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I should have given him something too. So I'll ship him 509 millimeter and he can ship me 509 millimeter. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, anyway, we had a good time shooting that. Um, I One of the shots uh, in the video is, is looking down the site shooting at a, I don't know, it's like a 12-inch or 10-inch metal gong. And I was using this Wolf ammo and I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't know, 15 yards away from this you know, massive 10 to 12 inch gong and I could not hit it with that wolf ammo. Really? Like it was, I was missing. Like to the point where I, I, I pulled, I put the camera away and actually just sat there and like, am I like messing up because the camera's in the way or something? And so I took very well, deliberately aimed shots and still the bullets were like all over the place. So yeah, that wolf ammo does not like my gun at all. I think it's that batch. Maybe. It could just be my that batch because mm-hmm. I've heard fantastic reviews from other people. Yeah, so yeah, I, think I probably just got a bad batch, so no big deal. Yep. Um, other than that, uh, we brought Fred's uh, ISSC Mark 22. That's the FN Scar clone that he has uh, lent me to do a, a review on as well. Anyway, we, we had that out of the range, and that was a lot of fun to shoot too. Um, it's such a heavy gun for a 22 that when you press the trigger you, and you have good ear protection on, it's like, did it work? <laughs> like there's hardly really? any recoil. Yeah. The only reason, the only thing you really feel is the bolt sliding back and forth. Like <laughs> it is so light on recoil. We were able to. Uh, it comes with 22 or 23 round mags, or maybe the 25 round mags. I'm not sure. But we were able to completely dump 25 round mags into that gong at 25 yards and not miss at all. Like just as fast as you can pull the trigger, there's just literally no recoil. You just keep pressing the trigger, keep the sights on target. And as fast as you can pull the trigger, you're just peppering that gong with, with uh, projectiles. Mm-hmm. We, we did a few mags like that because it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I also shot my Kiapa double badger, which I haven't shot in quite a while. Uh, Trevor, was it Trevor? Yeah. Trevor found some, uh, some 410 ammo he had gotten from somewhere just I, I forget where he got it from but somebody gave it to him and he had no use for it so he just he dumped it on me so uh, it's like 80 years old 
<laughs> it looked like. But uh, it all fired. It was, yep. uh, you know, it had paper wads in it. Like, that's that's how old it was, not plastic. <laughs> really? So when you press the trigger, there was like paper confetti all over the range for a second <laughs> as, <laughs> as the shot went flying out. So that was kind of fun to shoot, too. So anyway, yeah, I had a good time out at the range with Matt. So that's pretty much what I did. Adriel, what did uh, you get up to this week? I took a, a group of people from work out to the range. I've got uh, uh, one guy just recently bought a 22, one guy just recently bought a 308, and one guy hasn't been to the range in six months. And uh, one of those people had a significant other that wanted to come along as well. But was that me? Because I don't think I've been to the range for six months. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Well, yeah. I mean, so none of these guys have a range membership, and uh, you know, some of them have, have bought these new guns that they've been sitting on and haven't been able to sh- get out and shoot them. So I, uh, I I took them all out to the range, and uh, boy, had had a had a ton of fun. I love uh, introducing new people to shooting, and uh, I try to get about twenty pe- tw- like twenty new people out to the range every year because it's kind uh-huh. of it's kind of like my grassroots way of influencing whether people That's are the good, way to good do at it, the sport. Man. You- yeah, it's exactly the way to do it. Yeah, so my my goal is is twenty per uh, per year, and uh, you imagine if if you know we have two million people with pals out there. If we if we had two million people, I'll take out a, a couple of people. They everyone would have gone out to the range, and we'd have probably fewer people sitting on the fence, right? Fewer yep. people who yep. um, don't understand and don't want to understand. I mean, I take I take out everyone. I take out people. Uh, from the left side, from the right side of the political spectrum, and uh, they all get to see what it's like and uh, why why it's so awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. we bust clays and everyone – like seeing someone bust a clay for the first time, That every, everyone smiles when they do that. Yes, and, they do. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we busted some clays. Uh, we went to the pistol range. We shot some pistol. Uh, we shot their rifles, of course, and, uh, and then we shot my AR, uh, SKS. And I think that's about it. Your ARSKS? AR and SKS. Oh, I thought it was like a new SKS. I was putting like verbal or commas AR. in there. <laughs> so yeah. remember when you did your three gun a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. And the site? Yeah, no one, yeah I, I fixed that when I was at the range. I, I okay. cited it in properly. Uh, so, which is which is actually important because I think not this weekend, next weekend after that, I've, I've got another three gun match. So, I don't want to repeat that performance. I'm even gonna I'm gonna show up early so I can shoot before the match and uh, and and double check. triple check. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that to happen again. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, you you like taking people to the range, but at the same time, it, you know, the gun that you used was so far off. Maybe, it, anyways. I th- but you know, <laughs> b- between the two, taking taking people out to the range is more important. Like, I don't care yes. if I lose once or, once or twice in three gun. I'd r- I I want to make sure that I'm taking more people out and uh, and putting my my imp- my personal impact on uh, um, how people think about shooting and and people who own guns like us, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's roll into upcoming events. Uh, the first annual Ronnie DeGroote Rock Out With Your Glock Out Steel Challenge. That's June 4th. It's at the Restigouche Gun Club. So if you're free June 4th, come on out and shoot some steel. The sixth annual charity shoot in support of Soldier On takes place June 25th in Kingston, Ontario at the Brockville District Fish and Game Club. If you're interested, contact New Shooter Canada and check out the event's Facebook page. All of the information is there. 
Got your six, a Wounded Warrior charity shoot being held at the Edson Fishing Game One Mile Range in Alberta, July 16th and 17th. You can go to gotyoursixshoot.com for more info. The Rocky Mountain 300 coming up in June. Watch here. For, uh, oh, yeah, this is the website skip that, thing. Skip that part and go to the next part. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. So Kelly got some more information. <laughs> <laughs> so the match date is June 3rd to 5th. The hours are starts at 7.30 in the morning on Friday and Saturday. The range location is the Weld County Fish and Wildlife, Colorado. It's in Colorado. Oh, yep. it's in Colorado. Yep. All right. So, yeah, so that'll be cool. If you're in Colorado or close to there, you can go shoot uh, lots of fun stages, I guess. Sounds cool. Uh, and this last one from Ryan, the ORA in conjunction with the NCRRA is putting on a precision rifle match at the Connaught Range in Ottawa on May 7th and 8th. Uh, match will be shot from 200 to 800 meters using the Dominion of Canada Rifle Association Precision Rifle Course of Fire. So for more information, you can, you can go to the ORA website at ontarioriflassociation.ca and you can follow the link at the bottom. So there are all kinds of cool shooting events coming up, folks. If you are close to any of those, I highly recommend you check them out. So let's roll into some news. And uh, who put these in? <laughs> okay, I put, I put them in. That would be me. <laughs> the first one Whoever was from Jason. Whoever put in the news, whatever story you put in, you go ahead and cover. <laughs> I'll, I'll take both of these. Uh, right. Jason, Jason Philp just uh, sent us an email, uh, and, and it was a newsletter from Wholesale Sports, and he was letting us know that uh, they're rolling back their prices, and some of their prices are going way down. Um, I think I saw twenty dollar uh, a box for centerfire rifle ammo. Yep, which I is cheap. That. that is cheap. <laughs> I don't know what that's for. I wonder if that's for thirty thirty or if that's for three hundred eight. Because if twenty, if it's twenty bucks per box for three hundred eight, that's really good. A nine mil range bucket they got for a hundred bucks. Yep, a bucket of bullets. A bucket of bullets. It. I want to know how many rounds are in there. A bucket, a bucket full. Bucket. A bucket full. Well, that's a that, that's a, a measurement, right? <laughs> Three hundred and fifty rounds per bucket. Oh, that's yeah. all right. That's not a bad deal. Yeah, it's right around under thirty cents. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. about thirty-five cents actually, almost exactly. There we go. Actually, seeing as it's a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, if you're looking for ammo now, might be a good time to go to wholesale sports and check out, see what they got. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one here was uh, was just an update on an earlier story. So um, there was a, a news story. You might have you might have seen this one ar- uh, around this bag of guns and ammo that was found near a Sackville school. It wasn't and, Jack uh, Bauer's bag of guns, was it? <laughs> you guys, I don't remember what what season it was, but there was one season where he had this like man purse, and it was just full of guns and ammo. We called it his bag of guns, uh, but, uh, something like that. Then. Um, <laughs> I so, don't think they were Jack Bauer. No, no, they, they definitely <laughs> were not Jack Bauer. <laughs> uh, so I'll just read off some of this. Um, a police spokeswoman says parents and students have no need to be concerned following the lockdown of a, a middle Sackville high school this week, following this discovery nearby of a bag full of guns. Um, I'm just going to skip through some of this because the, the thing that I, I wanted to know was were they were they planning something or was this just like – uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum that just did something really dumb. dumb. Uh, let's see here. 
Yeah, so b- below here they say they found the duffel bag uh, near the school filled with two long guns, two BB-style guns and ammunition. Uh, Clark says she understands people would make assumptions about a school shooting plot, but said an investigation is underway to determine what the specific threat was. And here's her quote. We knew that we had people going in the direction of the school with guns. And obviously our concern was for the safety of the students. But any further than that, I can't speculate, she told the Canadian press. So it it doesn't look like it it was obviously a school shooting uh, uh, potential. So maybe it was just, I don't know, dumb kids or something. Well, I mean, I know when I was a kid, we used to play with BB guns and pellet guns. I know this this had two, looks like, or sounds like firearms. They mm-hmm. just call them long guns, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're actually firearms. They could have been BB guns too or pellet guns, but whatever. You know, we used to play with those a lot and, and we didn't really even think about the consequences of being seen in public carrying a bunch of guns around. Yep. And, you know, this day and age, kids haven't gotten any smarter, but the rest of us have gotten that much more paranoid. And so now whenever you see kids walking around with a bunch of guns, they could just be get, heading down to the local creek to, you know, shoot frogs or something. But, you know, they see kids with guns walking in the direction of a school and they freak out and call the cops. I'm not saying that if you see kids, you know, walking towards a school with a gun, don't call the cops. I'm just saying think about it before you go ahead and press the the call button on 911. Maybe, uh, you know, I I guess what I'm trying to say is there's no need to freak out just because you see kids with guns. Kids kids play with BB guns and airsoft guns and, and all these other things all the time. If they're walking around blatantly in public in daylight, you know, laughing and joking with each other, they're probably up to just mischievousness. They're not, you know, intent on causing harm to anybody. If they were, they'd be sneaking around behind houses and bushes and stuff trying not to be seen. Well, um, go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say there were BB guns in in the bag, so I'm not thinking that it was something that was... Yeah, you're not going to hurt know. anybody with the BB gun in a school shooting. Well, you right. might put out somebody's eye. That'd be about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned there, Matthew, just in terms of being paranoid and, and calling and that kind of thing, there was actually a, a case in it. There was there was news about it today, but um, I don't have the article right in front of me. Uh, there was a uh, someone in, in a Walmart that was uh, playing with an airsoft gun that they sell in Walmart, and someone called in to the police saying, "Hey, this guy is threatening people. He's got a gun. It's he, he's pointing it at people." And uh, the police are actually charging the call. Well, the police showed up and shot the guy. They they didn't ask questions or anything. They just they they oh. wasted him. Uh, he wasn't yep. doing anything wrong. And the police are actually charging the caller because the caller was making stuff up. He was the the, the person was obviously trying to get the um, the person with the airsoft uh, rifle in trouble and and uh, get the cops on them um, and was highly exaggerating um what the what the situation really was so um it can be it can be the case that callers can can you know cause death by cop where uh where cops respond with force to something that doesn't need it right yeah exactly yeah and i i wholeheartedly agree with charging that person because that's that's criminal negligence that's you know that they caused a death by overreacting and by, you know, intentionally overreacting because they don't like guns and so they wanted this guy to get in trouble because he was playing with a gun or was considering buying a gun. You don't have that right to tell, you know, to 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 cause somebody harm just because they're doing something you don't like. But the left side of the spectrum seems to be intent on doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into a political debate about anything here, but... In the news recently, there have been several stories of leftist people causing bodily harm to the other side of the spectrum, and you just don't see that going the other way. It's, it's just, it blows my mind how 
callous some people can be when all you've done is disagreed with them. Yep. But anyhow. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> that was that was good good news stories. Thank you for bringing those to us. I guess we will uh, move on to our main topic. Thanks, Trevor, Matt, and Adriel. This is Chris Anderson with a special report for Slamfire Radio from the Toronto Sportsman Show. This interview with Tony Bernardo of the CSSA was recorded at the show during the period of March 16th to 19th, 2016 at the International Centre in Mississauga, Ontario. In this interview, we talk about American politics, the generation gap, gun culture, the future of our sport, and your three-year survival guide to living under a liberal government. We now take you into the hunting hall to meet our guest, Tony Bernardo. But yeah, it's the story that mainstream media won't tell, or if they tell it, they'll tell it in 60 seconds or less, and then you're not really hearing the whole story. That's right. So it's great to get to sit down with you and talk and actually hear the whole story. And I think what you're going to talk about today is going to be particularly important because we're in a very strange time in Canadian politics for people in the gun community. We'll start off by uh, introducing you. Of course, Tony Bernardo. You've been on podcasts with him many times in the past, and I, yes, I very much appreciate it's taking my the time pleasure. out of your day to uh, to talk with me. And we're here at the Sportsman Show, and there's some other wonderful people you've been working with. You've got a whole bunch of volunteers today, including Mike Dinehoven, who mm-hmm. I've talked to on the past in the podcast, sure. and, and also uh, Peter Dawson. Yeah, and a bunch of the CSSA staff as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's a great table. There's been a fantastic response. I yeah. see lots of plastic bags around the show halls, <laughs> CSSA on it. So I know people have been doing their job. Uh, you've got a raffle going on with some nice guns that are up for offer, and people yeah. are joining up. It's great. I, I like hearing stories about people becoming new members here at the show. Yeah, our, our membership numbers are like record highs Yeah, so and, and getting bigger all the time. Before we get into the main topic which I want to talk about and we'll, we'll get there in a little bit of a circuitous route because we haven't talked to each other in a little bit okay. while, uh, uh, while we'll talk about some fun stuff first but the main thing I want to get at is a, is a bit of a survival guide how do we make it through the next three and a half years and I think that's the biggest question that's looming in the back of a lot of people's heads I see a lot of hesitation from people about do I purchase a new firearm or, or what do I do in terms of activism and or what do I not do I, I think people need guidance on that but first let's talk about something top Let's talk a little bit about the American election cycle, because Donald Trump is a big thing. Uh, Hillary Clinton is a big thing. And we talked about this a a little bit earlier, and I had an interesting Mm -hmm. analogy. But I think this sets the flavor for the overall discussion we're going to have. And my theory is that Donald Trump is Godzilla. And that that I think that, that Donald Trump isn't a conservative. Because conservatism, it's an ideology, and I don't think he follows particular ideology. I think he sort of does what he wants. And it's quite interesting that, uh, you know, in a Godzilla movie, you would have a monster destroying Tokyo, and then Godzilla shows up and everyone's happy. Not because Godzilla's a good guy, because he's not actually good. But he does beat up the other monster <laughs> and drive them away from smashing the city. And that's uh-huh. what makes the people sort of right. sort of happy. Is American politics right now just a big monster battle? Is that sort of what it I, looks I, like? It's hard to really, to really gauge it. I, I don't think that whether Donald Trump is conservative or not conservative is really an issue. Mm-hmm. He seems to be saying what the American people want to hear. And, and what I hear from Americans, and, and I have some in my family, and I have lots of friends down there, what I hear is that America does not want another politician. They want a CEO. They want somebody to lead them out of the financial disaster that they're in. And who better than a self-made trillionaire? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a very interesting battle that we see going on down there. Politics is a big thing there. It's a big thing here. We've seen some sweeping changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, America may go Trump. We went Trudeau. 
but I think what it's, it sets is that politics is really at the forefront of what a lot of people are thinking about, and it's really affecting all aspects yeah. of our lives. And certainly within our community, politics is a very, very large issue. So transitioning into politics, which is what the main thrust of this is about, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about culture. Because culture okay. is very important. And, okay. and this, is, this is a culture event that we're at today. Absolutely. And, it's uh, our culture. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that there's a, a very visible divide between um, older people and younger people in terms of this culture. But it skews a, a bit more towards an older audience here mm-hmm. rather than a younger audience. So there's youth culture and then I think there's yes. adult culture. But I have to honestly say I've seen more young people at this sportsman show than in any one I can remember for a long, long time. You see, this year they've done something really smart. They did it during March break. Mm -hmm. So there are whole families here with with kids of all ages running from teenagers right down to toddlers. And it is wonderful to see these kids being exposed to our culture. Let's talk a little bit about the kids in particular that are here. Sure. Maybe we can even talk about kids in your life. But uh, if you go to different events, you'll see different types of behavior from children. You were pointing out to me earlier today how well-behaved and how nice it is to have such nice kids here in an event like this. They're not right. screaming and throwing fits and right. running amok. And uh, you don't hear teenagers swearing at the top of their lungs as they run through the uh, hall. The kids that come from our culture are polite and respectful. They've got a wonderful future ahead of them because they're learning responsibility very young. It's tremendous to watch this happen. You even talked a little bit uh, earlier about your own family. I mean, you're, you're a parent. Yeah, and you I have am kids as grandparent. Well. <laughs> You've wanted to have an influence in their life so that they grow up on the right path. And then, yeah, and, and I think I have. My kids are all wonderful. They're doing great. My grandkids are incredible. Um, I'm very proud of all of them. They've all done very well for themselves. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting juxtaposition to uh, a lot of youth culture, uh, mm-hmm. which, a lot of which seems quite strange to me and other older people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But a lot of what you see these days uh, doesn't center around achievements. It doesn't uh, center around what you've earned. It has more to do with how you were born right. or other characteristics that you don't really have control over. And, and, that, and that's, it's troubling. It's troubling to me that inaction is somehow become noble, that, that you, you mm-hmm. can be a better person by not doing something, which to me is an alien concept. It's to extraordinarily me, shallow. It's very strange. It's yeah. very strange that the yeah. idea of not doing something is somehow more powerful than actually getting up and doing something and taking yeah. action and creating something. I don't see that here. And no. I don't see that with the children that come from our community. I see bright, responsible people that have wonderful futures ahead of them. The interesting thing is that there's always a, an upward spiral or a downward spiral in, mm-hmm. in every industry and in every, sure. every kind of thing. Um, you know, if we were in, uh, let's say, the retail industry, it could be the high-end $4,000 handbag versus the low-end shopper for more the, uh, the average person. Or in the military, it would be poorly trained soldiers versus special forces. Okay. I see the kids today who are being raised with a more traditional mentality of being creative, being hardworking and achieving, being at the top end of that spiral. And I see other people who have kids who are undisciplined, who don't try or aren't encouraged to try at the other end. And my question to you is, because there are two ways this can go, one could be that those who achieve more lead the others, or it could be those who achieve more end up having to fight the others. 
Well, I think we have to look at history, and those who achieve more lead the others, and I don't think you can ever find an example where it was different. Well, <laughs> that gives me some comfort because <laughs> it's it's a much easier future to look forward to if that's the case, sure. rather than sure. people being in conflict with each other. Sure, and you know we we see that you know a huge percentage of the people in our culture don't really do much anything, uh, and yet there's always seems to be these bright, intelligent, motivated people that lead our society to the next level. It's always been that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you could probably go back thousands of years and pull out evidence that it's always been that way. I don't think we got much to worry about. Now, we're going to talk about politics, but let's talk about talking, because this is also something that's interesting to me. And I think that we're quickly evolving towards being a society where people cannot debate Anymore, And I see this quite frequently, especially mm-hmm. with social media, mm-hmm. and that a lot of people now, when they're confronted with an idea that they don't like or a discussion that they don't like, the main tactic is to make an accusation against the other person sure. that they're a bad person or of poor character and then to leave the conversation. Right. And it's bad coming in one direction, but it's worse going in both directions. And I think we're going to have to engage with people and talk with them. We don't have a choice. Yeah, but I think a lot of what you're seeing is is the um, success of social media. Anybody who's got a keyboard and an internet connection automatically has an opinion, and for some reason they think it's a good one. (laughs) The, The fact of the matter is that most people that are posting comments on social media have no idea what they're talking about at all. Yeah. So you have to really kind of take it from where it's coming from. And I I completely agree with you that people have lost the ability to debate. I'm not really sure they ever had it. Mm -hmm. But now with social media, you get to actually see it right in your own living room as it it comes through your terminal. And there it is. You know, we've got the uh, moron 101 hour and here we go. (laughs) To speak to that point, I think we have to be prepared to engage with people in conversation. We have to be able to debate them. We have to be able to make compelling arguments. Of course. We cannot default to the same bad behavior that we see. Otherwise, we can't advance our position. That's right. So now let's let's get to the politics part. Um, but before we do that, in order to not tar people with one brush and, and, and say, oh, we're going to dismiss them, because that's what a lot of people would say about liberals or people on the left. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about the people who you talk to, uh, because you do talk to politicians. I do. And, and let's discuss what an actual liberal politician is. Let's not be two-dimensional about it. Let's not be right. derogatory. Right. Um, right. And, and let's talk about liberal views, because not all liberal views are bad. I totally agree. Uh, and, and not all liberal politicians are bad. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of vestigial wounds left over from the introduction of C-68. There's a lot of our community that has a very hard time ever even considering forgiveness for that. And I think that I'm probably part of that. I mean, I never want to undergo that again. I will remember this experience for my entire life and do whatever I can to never repeat it. That does not mean that everyone who ran under a red sign is a bad person. It doesn't mean that everyone in the Liberal Party is anti-gun. It's just simply not true. There are lots of people in the Liberal Party that are pro-gun. We're also dealing with 50% of the new MPs in the Liberal Party. It's their first term. 
they, they don't have any preconceived notions about gun owners. At least some don't. Mm-hmm. And some of them are gun owners. Mm-hmm. We're already hearing this message from them. Yeah. So I think that when we look at that, we've got to approach this with a more open mind. There are going to be things that fall into the category of surprised to know and relieved to know. And I think surprised to know might be that there are some people who are within the conservative government who are very anti-gun. Absolutely. And relieved to know, you might be relieved to know that there are some liberal MPs who are very pro-gun, which is a nice nice surprise. You are correct on both, and there were some NDP MPs that were pro-gun, too. We don't really have to look very far to find them. They were right under our noses, unfortunately, not enough of them. One of the things that that Canadians don't really understand about our political system is the job of the opposition is to oppose. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, their job is to oppose. Much like a a defense counsel in a court case. Well, that defense counsel might be quite aware that his client is just the worst person on the planet, but his job is to defend that client. So it's, it's easy for the great unwashed to look at somebody like that and go, that person's a bad man because he's defending so-and-so. That's his job. Mm-hmm. We, we look at the way a Canadian parliament operates. We have a pro and we have a con. And the pro and the con debate each other and generally come up with something reasonably good. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how our parliamentary process works. Yeah. So right now, even if the liberals come up with the best idea in the world, the conservatives will pan it. Mm-hmm. That's their job. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So it doesn't necessarily mean they believe that. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they might have completely different beliefs on a personal level, but in the political sphere, that's their job is to oppose. The interesting thing is sort of what hasn't happened, because after the election, there are a lot of things that people expected. And maybe they were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Maybe. And it has not. And actually, what seems to have happened is sort of nothing. Right. Which is quite interesting. Right. But it's also left a lot of people who are just average gun owners sort of in the dark as to, well, what do I do? Do I buy that new gun? Do well, I still I think go out shooting? Do I should, write letters? To sure. We should probably talk for a minute about what has happened. Yes, please. And, and, and maybe what hasn't happened. Okay. Yeah. So when the, um, the Liberal Party um, was elected as the governing party of Canada, they had in their platform a bunch of things that Everybody looked at and went, huh? Like, for example, not being able to transport a restricted firearm without a permit. Well, we do have permits, mm-hmm. but they're electronic. Welcome to 2016. Yes. Isn't that what the Prime Minister That's would exactly say? That's exactly what he would say. Right, yeah. exactly. Welcome to 2016. It's an electronic permit. Mm-hmm. The drafters of that policy, did they even know that? I mean, just, just because someone drafts a policy, we make the assumption they know something about it. Like one of the other policies was they're going to make it a law that when someone buys a gun, they have to show a firearms license. Uh, hello, well, you've been around for the last 40 years? Everybody has to show a firearms license. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that that lead you to wonder whether or not this stuff is just rhetoric that's written down or whether anybody actually really believes this garbage. Nothing happened. Yet. Yes, exactly. Admittedly, this is new. Mm-hmm. But we certainly were not the first target they were after. And we may not be a target at all. On the Hill, things are really quiet gun-wise. There's nothing happening up there at all. The closest thing to any revelation is the Firearms Advisory Committee was stood down. 
of interest, though, the, the, the terms of each of us that were on the committee expired on January 1st. We received a notice on the 18th of December from the minister saying that our terms expired January 1st, and of course we knew that, and that they had not yet decided on the makeup of the new committee. And we would be kept appraised of that. The end. It was polite. It was respectful. Yep. You know, we were thanked for our service to the country in, in providing advice. There's been nothing else that's gone on. And when I go up there and I talk to the liberals, which I do, I talk to everybody. It's not suitable to just go and talk to the choir. You have to go no, talk absolutely. to the savages, too, okay? <laughs> because they're the ones who are going to boil you alive, okay? Right. So you have to talk to the savages and convert them. And when I go up there and talk to the liberals, I'm not hearing anti-gun rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, I'm not talking to the Mark Hollins of this world because he does hate us like nobody else, except right. maybe Adam Vaughn. He really hates us. Mm-hmm. But most of them don't. And many of them are gun owners. And many of them hunt. Because, you know, it doesn't come as much of a surprise to anyone who understands our community. But all kinds of people make up our community. You can't pigeonhole the people in our community. They're everybody. Doctors, lawyers, airline pilots, ditch diggers, politicians, undertakers, they're all there. And you can't buttonhole anyone. So knowing that nothing's happened, and it is still early, I mean, this is early early days in a new government, I think I'd like to suggest a few things, and I think you're going to back me up, because I think Mm -hmm. people are confused about what they should or shouldn't be doing, but I think some no-brainers are. Take people to the range. Absolutely. Take get, people get shooting. Get new people into shooting. Sure. If we're not writing as many letters to members of parliament right now, that's great. Instead of doing <laughs> activism, you actually get to shoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I do a lot of activism and not a lot of shooting. Yeah, that's right. So it's a good opportunity to actually get there and out there and enjoy yourself. Sure. And so I think this is a time when we should be doing all of the normal activities that we would right. be doing. Growing the community, getting right. out with friends. Go buy a new gun. Go buy a new gun. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, have fun. Show it off to your friends. Sure. What are some things that you would also suggest that we should do politically and things that you think are not really good to do right now at this point? Well, first of all, keep your powder dry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, There isn't a target. Stop shooting. Yes. (laughs) Okay. The liberals haven't done anything yet. People are saying, where should we direct our fire? Mm-hmm. And it's hold your fire. Hold your fire. Save your ammo. Yeah, save Rest your up. ammo. Get ready. Yeah. R&R. Yeah. Take, take some R&R. Go shooting. Take people shooting with you. Mm-hmm. And have fun for, for a little while. Don't worry. If a target becomes evident, we will tell you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, for now, with the liberals in there, I think the best that we can hope for is Perhaps status quo. Mm-hmm. Now, there is some legislation moving through the House in the form of Larry Miller's private members bill. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that we can get some liberals to actually support this. There is an impending catastrophe on the go, and that is the introduction to the United Nations firearms marking system. True, and we've talked about and that. We have, in the past. Yes, yes, and it implements June 1st, 2017. That's a little over a year from now. When it does, the effect on our industry is going to be. Apocalyptic, and we've talked about the, the added costs yeah. and, and the problems of how do you laser etch or engrave oh, sure. firearms that would have to so fit in different jigs and yeah. different materials that a laser would burn straight through, and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's crazy. It's and, crazy. And what's wrong with the serial number that's already on it? Well, you see, and and this this is all true, but the thing that people have to remember. This is not proposed legislation. This is the law of Canada right now. And for 12 years, 
CSSA basically single-handedly held this off and protected our industry from its implementation. But it's still the law. All we were ever able to get on this was deferral, 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 except for one try where, uh, you know, Candace Bergen did a wonderful job putting forward a piece of government legislation to change it. However, the bureaucracy got to her and subverted the bill, not with her knowledge, but, I mean, they're clever and they're treacherous. And they did that to her, and the conservatives ended up having to withdraw the bill to their credit because it was it was bad. And they could have dug in their heels, stood by their pride, and put it through anyway, but they didn't. However, we were never able to get another kick at that can. So here we go, June 1, 2017. Now, I've talked to some of the liberal MPs about this, and they're appalled by this. They can't believe any government would have passed this junk. Does that mean we can get it reversed? Well... Maybe. Maybe. When we have something that we need the grassroots to do, we'll be the first people to tell you. Yeah. If we need letters written to a certain MP or minister, we will say so. You know, we'll let you guys know. Honest, we will. But right now, keep your powder dry. Have some fun. Volunteer for some of the shows that the association's doing. Yeah. You know? Continue to support. Because the thing oh, is, yeah. you're not just a loudspeaker that goes straight to the ears of conservative politicians. No. no. You have to talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. So we are still being represented in government. By Absolutely. The oh, sure. And it's and it's it's even more critical now because, uh, you know, while we were making advances, now is the time to prevent losses. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right now, we're building relationships with a bunch of new MPs. It's fantastic. Um, We're very happy about this. And we don't know whether or not that'll bear fruit because you never really know. But you plant the seed, you water it, you fertilize it, and hopefully it it grows. Just being in the same room, I mean, I can even say some of the CSSA dinners I've been to, uh, one of them had six members of parliament and one member of provincial parliament all in the same room having dinner with everyone. I mean, that just speaks to influence right there. Oh, it does indeed. So if you can reach out and expand the number of people in your tent, that's even better. Yeah, and, and this year our annual general meeting will be happening on the 14th of May in Oshawa, Ontario. Excellent. And we've got a bunch of MPs already coming. Well, well I'll be there. It's, oh, good. it's a short drive good. for me. That'd be wonderful. We can enjoy ourselves now. We'll, we'll look to you for messages if anything mm-hmm. does heat up. But things will at some point heat up. Oh, sure. Uh, I, I mean, you'd be assured that at least at the end of the election cycle, when you're getting ready to elect someone else, that will be a point at which things must heat up. Or if something politically interesting happens. But is there anything on the horizon you think that would be uh, a trigger for something? Or do you think maybe it's just coming, closing in on the end of those four years? I honestly can't tell you. It's weird times we live in, isn't it? It's weird times we live in. <laughs> but right now, I mean, I've got to concentrate on what I have to do right now. And right now we're, we're building relationships with brand new MPs, many of which are liberal, some of which don't trust us, some of which we don't trust. Mm-hmm. Building those relationships, being able to talk to people like you and I are talking now, is how you do things on a professional level. And as you know, CSSA prides itself on being very professional in our government relations. So, Well, uh, before we go, do you have uh, any final words to add on or any message to uh, people who are thinking of joining the CSSA? Oh, please, join the CSSA. I mean, you, your memberships matter to us. It matters when we go to Ottawa. 
right now we're, we have members from coast to coast, every province and territory, and we've never been at higher membership numbers. That matters. Okay, it allows us to do things like stage events for the MPs. You know, last year at our Member of Parliament uh, Day at the Range, we had 86 participants. That's excellent. 86 MPs and senators that came out and left a shooting range with a smile on their face from ear to ear. Does it get better than that? It's worth the price of the membership. Absolutely. Right Just yeah. that is worth the price of a membership. Well, this year we've already announced our MP day. And our, our parliamentary day at the range is booked, and it's happening in the beginning of June. And already we're getting a huge turnout of MPs, some of them brand new. How great is that? Good news to me. Yeah. Well, Tony, thank you so much for taking time out for this interview. Thanks, and Chris. enjoy the rest of the Sportsman Show. Thank you, Chris. A big thank you to the Toronto Sportsman Show for having me as their guest. I hope to see everyone at the show again next year. That's all from the Sportsman Show. Now, back to the podcast. Well, thank you, Chris Anderson, for doing our work for us. That's the way we like things done. So, you know, anytime you want to do our work for us, you are welcome. No, no problems on this end at all. And it was a good interview with Tony. So thank you to Tony as well for, for yeah. being involved in that and for uh, taking the time to talk to Chris. Definitely. Thank you. All right, Kelly, we haven't heard enough from you tonight. All right. Listener feedback? Please. And this one's from Aaron. Hi, guys. I hate to give... Uh, Trevor, any more reason to talk about archery? This is the perfect episode for that because he's not here. <laughs> okay, so seeing as I don't much care for it myself, however, I heard some interesting stats on Dan Carlin's podcast, Hardcore History. So he has a little bit of um, stats here. 50,000 men in the Persian army, 20,000 of these are archers, five arrows per fired per minute, therefore 100,000 arrows per minute fired, 100 arrows per quiver, 20 minutes firing until out of arrows, therefore 2 million total arrow, arrows are fired. And he goes on to say, two flipping million arrows. This is where uh, the line from 300 about fighting in the shade came from. So archery is pretty badass, he says. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to guns. Check out Dan Carlin's podcast. It has a lot of gun stuff too. And thanks for the great. Sh- um, thanks for the show, guys. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't put great in there, did he? You. Put I was going to say great, but thanks for the. He. I bet you he is. meant to say great show. Yeah. He, he probably thought it was going. He was going to put great show, but then he's like, "Oh, Matthew left. Got to not put in that great anymore." <laughs> that's. That's what that was. <laughs> You're back, so it's great again. <laughs> Uh, all right, this next one comes to us from Bolivar, and it's addressed to me, so I guess I will read it. He says, Matt, very sorry to hear you are leaving the show. You have been a very adequate co-host most of the time for your entire tenure. Hope you find success in your future endeavors. Brian, also known as the Quilted Conquistador, co-host Modern Rifleman Radio. P.S. Can I have your door prize ticket for the charity shoot? <laughs> Uh, you're hilarious brian yeah all right um adriel i know you don't like to read much so (laughs) i would have normally given this to trevor (laughs) uh this one's from john uh uh, and the subject line was april one podcast and all it says was (laughs) regards bastards (laughs) (laughs) i think he loved the i think he loved the edition what do you think there was a lot of fallacy going on in that show (laughs) 
There is not much truth to it. No. Well, but service rifle really is cool, but uh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not going vegetarian or. <laughs> and I'm not doing, you know, cowboy action. <laughs> uh. Nope. <laughs> but Trevor really did quit. He did. Yeah, he's yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, that part happened. Yeah, he, whatever. He, yeah, he joined another podcast. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So I guess that brings us back to Kelly. You can read this one from Tenex. Okay, this one's from Tenex. Dear Robin Hood, Biggles, Cue Ball, and Wonder Woman. I will leave it up to you to figure out who is who. And Tenex says, or sorry, Tenex says, Tenex here with a couple of upcoming events for the show. The CSSA AGM and Stick to Your Guns Dinner is being held on Saturday, May 14th, 2016 at the Quality Hotel and Conference Center at 1011 Bloor Street, Oshawa. The annual general membership meeting, the AGM, is scheduled for... For May 14th, 2016, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, and is open to all CSSA members. The AGM will include a vote on four candidates uh, to the position of member of the Board of Directors. One name on the ballot might be recognizable, retired MP Gary, and can you guys... Bright uh, Cruz. There you go. Thank you. Uh, who worked for over 20 years in Parliament, diligently supporting the rights of Canadian gun owners. Goes on to say, um, to stick to your guns dinner uh, with guest speakers MP Bob Zimmer and media personality and firearms enthusiast Faith Goldie. Tickets are $69.95 and can be purchased through the CSSA office by calling the toll free number. It's 1 that sounds yep. cool. I think anybody who's close to that should uh, look into that because, you know, this is a great way to support CSSA. Yep. And you get to go listen to some pretty cool guest speakers. Right. And again, the MP Bob Zimmer, he's um, putting forward the AR-15 petition. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he goes on to say, on May 15th, the Oshawa Skeet and Gun Club will be hosting a 100 bird sporting clay shoot in support of Wounded Warriors Canada. Entry fees are $70 with prizes for first, second, and third place winners donated by local firearms-related businesses. Call or email the club to secure a place. Um, contact information can be found on the club's web- website at www.oshawaskeetandgunclub.ca. You probably don't need to read the rest. Yeah. <laughs> they can probably find <laughs> it from there. <laughs> and best regards from Ninax and myself. Uh, see most of you soon at the charity shoot. P.S. I will have to make 9X, uh, which is Simon. Uh, I will have to take 9X, which is Simon, to an apple seed to shoot soon. He went to his first zone shoot with the Air Cadets last weekend and placed ninth out of 80 shooters. That's good pretty good. Him. And I think he can make a good attempt at getting a Rifleman patch. So that's from 10X. Thanks, 10X. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that brings us into iTunes reviews. Do we have any iTunes reviews? No. Oh, do not. No new reviews. Uh, We've only got 117 five stars, so we really should have at least 120. Just to round things out, right? Yeah, we need three more, folks. Come on. So we've got 95 Canadian and 27 American and one Australian. So I think they should be American to give us a nice even 30 from the Americans. That would, that would, that'd be great. Yeah. So, so go ahead, Americans. Any of you listening and have that iTunes thing, five-star review, please. You know, I'm not telling you what to do, but, you know, go ahead and do that, if you would. <laughs> Shout-outs. 
I think that one was Trevor's. Oh, from Chris L. for the two thumbs up, added on April 4th for the buffer retaining pin. Hmm. Oh. All right. Thank yep. you, Chris L. Yep. Who's Chris L.? I don't know. Anybody? Ah, there you go. <laughs> Somebody Trevor knows, apparently. None of us know who it is. It must be Trevor's shout-out. It must be. Oh, that and buffer retainer pin. I wonder if that'll, if that's on his AR, that's an interesting one because you can lose that one. I was at a match where, uh, you know, your extension tube as it's going into the rear of your lower receiver. If you don't have it screwed in, that, that buffer retainer pin can uh, can come out. And it and, goes flying when it comes out. Oh, yeah. I was at a, I was at a match where one guy lost his and, uh, yeah, it was, it was gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. <laughs> they just disappear. <laughs> yeah, so he had, to, he had to fab something up out of, like, some old little parts, so... Yeah, those are that's interesting to happen when when you're uh, in a match. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um I have got a shout out for uh, uh Chris Anderson for uh, providing that interview. That was uh that was very well appreciated and and I just wanted to say thank you for uh for thinking of us when you uh when you recorded that. Yeah, he did a really good job. He always does. Mhm. Yeah. And I'd also like to say uh thank you to Chris Anderson as well. Uh, He's he- going to be re- uh? <laughs> uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't write it down. You can't say that. Sorry. No. You better write I'm, it down first. I'm allowed. That's why we have, have show notes. You have to read my mind. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. My bad. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Chris Anderson, he's going to be providing some trophies for the upcoming charity shoot. So awesome. Thank well, you. Well, seeing as you both thanked Chris Anderson, I'm going to thank him as well <laughs> for being awesome. That's all. Yes. All right, then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listeners, it's up to you to help support our national firearms associations. The the CCFR and the CSSA are two great examples of firearms associations in Canada that help us, and it's important for us to help them in return so that they can continue to help us. And that uh, dinner that we mentioned earlier from from 10X uh, is one great way of doing that. Another way, of course, is just to become a member. So go ahead and, and sign up if you haven't done so already. Also, please check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a forum over there, and uh, we, we chat with listeners. If they show up there and talk to us, sometimes we talk back. And also, we do the same on Facebook. So if you want to head over to our Facebook page, just search Slamfire Radio. It should pop right up. We've got uh, 1,406. Sorry, Trevor. 1,406 <laughs> um, likes on there. So it would be nice to get that to a nice round number. So let's say, I don't know, 10,000. That Sounds works. good to me. Yeah, it's just a, a quick little jump there by 8,700 and, sorry, Trevor, 94. <laughs> we also have 95 thumbs up. We do appreciate those thumbs up. We have five gold stars. We have two flukes. Don't even know what a fluke is, but we got two of them. And apparently we have some sideways thumbs. I remember those at some point. So anyway, we, we do take any form and currency of appreciation, however creative you may think you could be we will take it so whatever you got for us we appreciate it and uh we we just want to say that we appreciate all you guys all you listeners there definitely wouldn't be a podcast if you guys weren't listening so thanks very much for listening and uh i'll be quiet now and let the other two sign off (laughs) good night everybody good night so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.